Welcome to Coaches and Conversations, where we remove the veil and talk about what it's really like to be a woman building a business online. Because here, it's not just business, it's personal. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach and Business Strategist, Tavana Denise. Let's dive in. a really good one because Anka, Dr. T, I have been seeing some of your posts in one of the coaching communities that we both belong to. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. All of these, all of the time when I see your posts, it's just like, they are so down to earth and relatable and like realistic. And I, I think sometimes in the coaching and the personal development space, we get into rose colored glasses land and we reframe a lot of stuff and we don't come back to reality. And I think sometimes that leads a lot of people feeling that like their expectations haven't been met in some of the containers that we find ourselves in. And so I really, from that perspective and having worked with you, to release some of my stuff around visibility, wanted to have a conversation about some of all of it. So if you could, please just tell the people a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much, Tavana. It's my pleasure to be here with you. I always love to have chats with you. So amazing. So my name is Anke Doherty, uh, as you said already, and uh, I'm a life coach, and I'm at the same time also an RTT therapist. Now, I don't know if you should really dive into what that is. Um, I would just say it's um, a method to use for subconscious work. Let's maybe just keep it at that. Or if you want me to go deeper right now, I will as well. Yeah, totally. I think <clears throat> I think that's good. And the people, if they want to know more about it, they can stalk you on the internet and all of that good stuff. <laughs> and I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell them about that. But I really wanted to dive in and talk about some of the things that we have been seeing in the the some of the coaching spaces. Obviously, we're not in all of the coaching spaces, but yeah. some of the things that we've been seeing and some of our our perspectives on it. Um, and it's really interesting because I didn't know some of your background until I saw one of the posts about your, your corporate background. And so I guess, what are some of the things as you have been communicating with other coaches around their businesses and visibility and making money and being in containers and the certification and all of these things, what are some of the things that you have been noticing? Yeah, I think there's a few common things, you know? So for example, a lot of people, when they start out, they have the expectation to make money fairly quickly, okay? Wherever that expectation comes from, I don't know, okay? Let's just say there is a, an expectation that people make a lot of money. And for some reason, this figure of 100K keeps cruising around, which I find quite fascinating. Yeah. Um, I also see people, you know, that had corporate jobs just like me or people that haven't worked for a while and, and did other things, you know, um, they then come into the coaching space, they start having their own business. And with having an own business comes the expectation again of making that money, you know, and um, people, I get a feeling sometimes people just expect it to happen. Right. This may be a bit unfair to say, but sometimes I feel people just expect it to happen where I say, OK, when you have a job, for example, and you're starting out, it doesn't just happen. It takes a little bit of time. 
takes a bit of experience, takes a bit of failing, and then eventually you progress, right? Now, you could say when you have a business, you can progress faster, great. But again, I think what a lot of people forget is that we start from pretty much zero when it comes to building the business. We don't start zero with skills, but when it comes to building the business and doing the marketing and the selling and putting yourself out there, you mentioned visibility, we actually start quite at a lower place, right? Yeah. And it has been my experience because I got certified back in 2014 and it really, really took me until 2019 five years mm. to make a significant amount of money at any one twelve, uh, any calendar year. And when I say significant yeah. amount of money, I mean, 40 K, which coming from having a contracting business as a physical therapist, that to me was like, I mean, I was super excited that I had figured out how to make that money, but I was also like, mm, I need to be able to make more than that to, to pay my bills. Yeah. And so I, some of the things that I think about that I don't think some of our colleagues think about is when we go to school, we are getting a degree. And mm -hmm. if the way I started to think about entrepreneurship is like, there's a degree in entrepreneurship <laughs> and yeah. we have the different aspects. Like you, if you get a degree in, let's say in physical therapy, we have to take several, there are several classes that make up that degree. So I have to take the classes, get, take the exams, pass the exams in various aspects that would then at the end qualify me to do the job of physical therapist. And I don't know, what do you think about that? Because I'm starting to think about entrepreneurship in that way and that there are multiple aspects of that degree or that profession that we would then need to learn. For example, marketing, which is a huge thing that you can then break down. Uh, sales, which is a huge thing that you can then break down. Delivery, creating offers, also big things that you can break down. And I just wonder if we pick apart some of this, like, Sometimes I see it like people throw around blame and responsibility and this question of whose responsibility is it when it comes to the results? Is it the coaches? Is it the participants? And so I just gave you a lot, but I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, if, if I, I love the comparison to a degree, right? When we do when we do a degree, let's say at university, I mean, it takes at least three to four years on average, I would say, depending on what you study, right? And then after these three or four years, you don't start out at a high salary. You start at a low salary, and then again, you work yourself up, right? Yet sometimes we learn coaching in half a year or a year, and we want a big fat salary, you know? Um, which is fine. I do too. <laughs> but I, I right, let's be clear. Right? We like I, money over I'm, here. I'm all in. I'm like 100K million. Sure. Like anything, you know, but, but let's face it. It's not always that simple. And as you said, um, when we don't achieve what we achieve as human beings, I think it's quite normal to try and find the reason for it. And it's always easier to blame someone else. Okay. Now, I was in a very similar boat, to be honest with you, at some point, right? So I came from a corporate background and I had a nice cushy job where I earned well above 100K, okay? And then I'm like, well, this coaching stuff doesn't work. 
<laughs> and I chose something which was very close to my corporate job even. So I used to be an HR director and I used to be a career coach at first when I started. And I'm like, okay, I have the coaching. I have the HR degree. I have the HR experience. You know, I worked across countries, companies. I'm like, what else? Right. But again, this is not how you build a business. Like the skills which you have in one place, like in corporate, for example, are very different from skills that you have in another place. And then of course you look for solutions and you look for people or things to blame. And what I realized a lot uh, in certain coaching communities is that people then, you know, may blame the coaching school or may blame some instructor or may blame some circumstance or something. And I, I fully get it. Like I was there for a little while. I'm like, you know, how come? Because something must be wrong here, right? But the thing is, it's not very effective and it doesn't give you a solution. And I think as soon as we take the responsibility back to us, as, is, as cliche as it sounds, right? If you take the responsibility back, I think then you can open up and try and find solutions, you know? And sometimes oh, yeah. it may be something else or it may be a change in approach or it may be, I don't know. It doesn't always have to be more courses, more degrees, more everything. You know, sometimes you just need to tweak a little thing, which has a big effect in my opinion. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's so interesting. We were like, not more. Oftentimes I find that it's less and we see so many big name coaches or more visible coaches doing so many things that we think that we have to do all of that in yeah. order to achieve the results. And, I, and I've just found that, especially with a lot of my clients that are just starting out uh, under a 50K or so, is it's really like, forget everything that you see out there just do some few little very specific things that are super easy that require no additional skills but mm -hmm. then it comes to and when we talk about little simple things that require no additional skills it means i mean very implicitly talking to people telling them <laughs> what you do and making direct offers to help them and that yeah. brings up a lot of stuff in people yeah. that um I mean, it brought up a lot of stuff in me because in my first, first coaching program, my first business coach, that pretty much was her, that was her shtick. You've got to go network with people. Mm. You've got to speak on stages. You've got to like, she had some very follow up with the people that you network with. And I had, I think a lot of entitlement in terms of, mm. okay, well, you told me to go network. I went networked. I met 10 people and it didn't work. Um, and I felt very traumatized, I would say, yeah. by that pro that process, that program, that coach. And the funny thing about it was I got a lot of coaching on healing my story around mm -hmm. that. That is interesting because I have to turn back and give her a lot of credit because I use a lot of those techniques today that mm -hmm. I, I just could not see myself, I could not get it to work. And then I stopped working. So I think that's, that's really interesting about the tweaks too, in terms of like just a very simple tweak of yeah. let me stop networking with people with the, the idea of I'm talking to this person to make them my client. I think that mm -hmm. is, I don't know that that's what was said, but I think that's what I heard. And yeah. so whenever I approached it that way, it just felt, ugh, 
like seriously every time. And so now I even teach people about social networking, but with a completely different mindset. And so I think that's yeah. very interesting, especially as someone who runs programs and it's like, is what I said, is that what they heard? Yeah, it's it's so interesting that you say this, you know, because I was exactly there as well. I'm like, right, I went networking, I spoke to those people, none of them even was interested and it doesn't work like completely. Right. And I'm like, how come, you know, and <laughs> the funny thing is, I thought it's like when you're looking for a job, right, you apply probably, I don't know, 10, 20, 30, 40 times. And then maybe something works. It's not that you apply to two jobs and you get a job. Well, maybe, but it's not the norm. Or even if you if you try to go on a date, right? If you go there, I mean, <laughs> it sounds a bit cliche, but it's the same thing. If you go on a date and you're thinking in the first two minutes, well, is that, you know, whatever material for the long term, of course, it's not going to work because you're completely creepy and needy and people will see it as, as much as it sounds. And I think What is really important for people when they're at this place to just take away the expectation, however that looks like. For me, it looked like, okay, I need to make sure that I keep my job for now, okay? I, for me, it was very important, but this is an Anki thing. It's not for everybody, right? It was very important that I keep my job because I knew if I had the money, I come across very different because I don't need to make the sale. I don't need to get something from a certain event, you know? And I think it's really important that people take away that need. Like I've spoke to, I've spoken to quite a few people who said, well, I need to make money. You know, I certified two years ago, I still didn't make money and uh, I need to earn that money now. And it's just like this super high expectation towards themselves, towards everyone else, which I think will kill everything. But it's difficult to understand sometimes when you are in that situation. And I always say, okay, give yourself what you need first before you have an expectation towards a business that probably hasn't even started. Yeah. And that, that statement, I need to make money comes so often. And I will say for me, I was in that space too. Like I needed to make money to pay back my credit card from working with a, a business coach, but I also started to notice and, and it was hard and I, and I hustled and it was, and I was exhausted at the end. And yes, I was able to pay back the investment and I five X my business the next year when I took it off of the need to make money and more mm -hmm. in, I can help people. Like it was around the time of the, the pandemic and they stopped taking in contractors at the hospital. And I for sure then needed money because I didn't, mm -hmm. uh, didn't have a whole bunch of savings or whatever, And for whatever reason, the predominant thought was, I know what to do. I can help. Yeah. And that changed everything for me. And so I'm curious if you know of any way that anyone that's listening right now might be able to make that shift, which I call it from the money to the mission. Hmm. I think you need to find the reason that gives you so much pressure. Like, why does it need to work right now? Why do you need the money right now? You know, and I think I always tell people if you're so desperate for money, for whatever reason, find a way to make that money elsewhere first. That's what mm -hmm. I say always. I mean, for me, this was this was the key. Like I, I stayed in my job. I didn't need any money. Right. And for me, this took away the pressure. Now, 
of course you have in the back of your mind, well, I should be making money now. I've tried it for so long. I've paid all these fees and my coaches and this and that. I get it, right? But I think to take the expectation away and to give ourselves what we want from a different source first will take away pressure. And this is where the magic happens, in my opinion, just like you said, you know, when, when, when you kind of, I don't know how you did it, you did it in a different way, right? For me, the, the, the pressure was money. So I gave myself money from a different source first, and then I could go, you know, it's like taking off that hundred kilo backpack and just walk without it. And then you'll find your way, right? But if you have that backpack on, you just can't move. Yeah, I think the beautiful thing about how we both did it differently is that there is the ability to do it differently. So like for, for me, I think sometimes for some people, they need to need the money, right? Because then yeah. sometimes there is that motivation or the, yeah, it's the motivation to actually do something rather than, ah, I can just stay comfortable. And I think maybe yeah. that was a bit my issue too. It's like, okay, I'm just slow walking it here. My bills are paid. My needs are met. There's no, no reason, no like significant reason that I could think of at the time to motivate me to take all of that action and get out of the comfort zone Mm -hmm. until the pandemic hit. And I saw so many people struggling and it was just like, oh, okay. And so I think that I'm I'm glad we're talking about that because that is part of what I wanted to just help people know that there is no one right way. There is no one way period to do anything. Well, what I also saw a little bit in in some groups is that some people are very resentful about prices being charged and people having to put stuff on credit cards, having quote unquote. Okay. Mm. Now you mentioned that as well, that, that you did that. And again, I don't think there is a right or wrong, but I think if you do it, you need to know that it may or may not work. You know, if you do want a hundred percent guarantee, I think it's the wrong thing to do. And I saw this with quite a lot of people. Now I'm a person, I would never do that. Never. Okay. Because I know I couldn't sleep at night. And for me, this would completely block me. Now, some people do it. And for some people it's motivating. Like for you, it worked perfectly. Right. Yeah. And I, again, there's no right or wrong. It's just finding what works for you so that you can actually be in charge and take the responsibility. Yeah, from from a place of power and autonomy, right? Because nobody made me take out my credit card. But I made a very conscious decision that I was going to make this work. And also for me, the way my brain works is I thrive often under pressure. And so there Mm. was no way in hell my physical therapy salary could have paid back the credit card. And so some people that would turn them, that would paralyze them completely. But for me, it was motivating. It was like, okay, well, you, you gotta get on, get on with it because now it's not about like, oh, you just did a $3,000 course and you can pay $200 on this card. No, it was like, no, now business we've been failing and we've been trying it's time to step up. And so again, it's just like, I think really owning your personality and, and what works for you. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that you said that, you know, I, I really do. And, um, I think 
both of us are quite opposite in these things. Like for me, I'm a person, I freeze like when this happens. For me, no way that I can go out there and just be happy and chilled, right? I just, I, I cannot. Like for me, this is a no-go. And I think people need to know that, you know, but this is sometimes what some people hear. They say, well, if you really want to make it work, if you want it so badly, you you have to put it on your credit card and you have to pay it. And I think this is wrong. And this is where people really have to take, have to take <laughs> the responsibility and kind of say, okay, for me, this works, you know, I can take it or no, this is not for me. And I think we shouldn't make it depending on a credit card, whether our business works or not. This is one way. There's other ways as well. And I think, yeah, it's just important to really find your way. Yeah. So let's talk about that too, where it's so interesting how differently some coaches market their services mm -hmm. and I've seen different types of marketing and I think it all works obviously because yeah. people wouldn't keep doing it if it didn't work and so I'm a person who's always thinking I'm analyzing things and trying to figure out what works for who when, why and how and I came across a person um, blanking on her name right now but I'll put it in the show notes that she came up with something called the marketing archetypes that mm -hmm. you and I talked a little bit about yeah. because I was like, oh my gosh, why is it when I'm talking to some people or when I'm marketing like, or trying to imitate, this was earlier in my career, trying to imitate the marketing of other people's, it mm. either doesn't feel right, or it just flat out doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah. And I was so appreciative of the way she broke this down because then it was like, oh, it makes perfect sense to me <laughs> now. And so my understanding of the marketing archetypes are simply that there are four personalities of marketing or four archetypes of marketers. There is the guru star, which is where you basically see the person who's created a lot of success for themselves, very gregarious, outgoing personalities. And they're like, my way is the way you just do A, B, and C, <laughs> and you're going to get it. And this is where we see a lot of the roadmaps and blueprints. And yeah. what Beth is her first name, I can't think of the last name, but what Beth was saying is like, yeah, that's great. And that's one type of marketing. And unfortunately, uh, those people are very visible and they mm -hmm. attract a lot of people and they attract a certain type of client who really does have that expectation because they're laying it out like, hey, roadmap, blueprint, mm -hmm. one, two, three. Then there is the uh, truth guide. With the, the truth guide, I think a lot of us as coaches are trained to be this way. It's like, well, I don't know the answer, the best answer for mm -hmm. you. You know the answers. And I'm just going to ask you 50 million questions to, to find that <laughs> truth for you. Yeah. <laughs> and we kind of walk alongside them. And then there's the connector, which I find myself to be a bit of a connector. You know, a lot of people mm -hmm. and you can just connect people. And then there's the supporter, which usually is like your support personnel, VAs, OBMs, web designers, ads managers, that kind of thing, where they don't have a for uh, a front role, but they support people. Yeah. And so with that knowledge, it made me think about how we see people marketing and wondering if it would be helpful for us to really think about what our archetypes are and do we want to market the way that we see other people marketing? And can mm. we do that? What do you think? Well, 
I don't think there's a right or wrong way to market. You know, it depends on what your aim is and who you want to reach and also what sort of person that you are, right? And I think these archetypes can definitely help to sort of get an idea to see, okay, I may be more like this or I'm more like that. You know, I mean, probably the most or the biggest difference is between the supporter and the guru, right? It's completely different. Like the way you market as a supporter or as a, guru is different so maybe it's it's good to really think about okay who's your target person and who am I first of all you know what do I want what sort of person am I who do I want to attract you know and then I think a lot of things become clearer and I don't think there's a one way fits all you know I know some people say well you should do one-on-one coaching you should do ads you should do this you should do that you know and I just think no it's one way for sure, you know, and it's probably a way which can work quite well, but it doesn't work for everybody. Some people just prefer groups. I had somebody talking to me the other day and she said, you know what, I really want to do a group, but I can't do it until I make 100k or whatever. And I'm like, well, why not? What stops you? You know, I mean, there's a reason why some people say make 100k first to really know your avatar, to know people's problems, you know, and I know it's easier to coach one on one than in a group. Yes, I get it. But if you feel you want to do it, why don't you just try it out? You know, I think it maybe people should see it more as a guidance rather than that's the, the way, you know what I mean? The rules. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent, because just like one person is saying that this is the way over here, there's somebody equally as visible and vocal saying, nope, this is the way over here. And so I guess even kind of shifting into a bit of your work around visibility, how do you guide people around this idea of visibility and trusting themselves? Like the person that you talked to the other day that says, hey, I really... I have this desire to do groups, but so-and-so says. Hmm. Well, I think you need to differentiate two things here, right? I mean, I'm not a business coach, okay? So I don't really advise people on strategy or something. Now, when it comes to visibility, I work with a lot of people that just cannot be visible. They don't put themselves out there. They don't talk to people. They don't post. And actually, this was me some time ago. I was exactly the same, right? And I think when people try things, but nothing works, this is then where my work comes in, you know, where we work together with a subconscious mind to sort of find out, okay, what is the issue? Now, if somebody comes and says, you know what, I'm not sure I should do groups. My first comment is, okay, why don't you try? Okay, because sometimes I feel people just need permission. Uh, Now, I don't do group coaching. Okay, but permission granted. If you want to do it, go, go for it, right? You know, I think sometimes you just got to try it and then you will see, okay, does it work? Does it not work? And then you can look, okay, why does it not work? And, you know, then you can kind of problem solve. But if you, if you don't try it, just thinking I have to follow the rules, then I think people just need to drop that and try it. Yeah. We lose a lot of time and energy and money and motivation when we just don't listen to ourselves. And I think I wonder if this is more of a female problem than a male problem or people, humans socialized as females. I just wonder if that is more of our our kind of problem as women. Is it more of, because I tend to work with more people that have professional backgrounds, licenses and things Mm -hmm. like that. 
And I just wonder, because we in the healthcare realm have a lot of protocols and pathways and rules and all of Mm. that stuff too. So it just makes me, the whole thing just makes me wonder, like, why is there such a fear of giving ourselves permission to just do whatever the F we want to? I mean, isn't that the reason why we got into the business in the first place to stop having to follow all the rules and corporate in our jobs? You know what? A hundred percent. But I think the problem is we want to reach a certain stage in our business so quickly that we would do anything to get there. This is the impression I get. And I'm, I wasn't different, to be honest. Okay. I'm just like, right. I need to make a certain amount. I need to do certain things. I need to follow the rules because this is how I get there. We're looking for guidance. We're looking for steps to follow. We're looking for a guarantee, you know, and, and I think this is why people try to stick to those rules thinking, okay, if I stick to it and it doesn't work, it's not me. It's not my fault. Then something else must be wrong. You know, Mm. um, now whether this is more women or not, honestly, I have no idea. I, I know men struggle with similar things, although I haven't worked with that many men, but the few that I have, I think have the same thing. I think for men, sometimes the pressure to earn money fast is even bigger. Because a lot of the time they're breadwinners and they need to have a certain income. They also have things like, well, what is my wife or partner going to think, you know, if, if I don't make the money, I'm going to be a loser. I mean, I had one, one client, um, he had some, some sort of professional services background, like a lawyer or something like that, you know, and, and he had stuff going on, like my family is going to look down on me if I don't make this work they're they're looking down on me already because now I'm just a coach whereas before I was a so-and-so whatever he was you know mm-hmm. so I, I think we're all very similar because it's basic human needs to to kind of fulfill certain targets and to reach certain stages it's just the the flavor sometimes is a bit different yeah so fascinating because I work almost exclusively exclusively with with women so I was just wondering if you had noticed something different I mean, there's so many things that we could talk about there. Is there anything else that, that you've noticed in terms of themes that, that we haven't talked about today? I'm thinking now. <laughs> no, I think it's just, you know, a lot of people that, that got certified in the last year or two or three, I don't know if you want to call it recently certified, I have no idea, but, but those sort of people I find that a lot of people haven't been able to go anywhere with a certification. When I say not go anywhere, like they're not making money at all. And I think a lot of them are looking partially for solutions, partially for someone to blame. And I think sometimes when we're in that situation, we just need to ask ourselves, okay, have we genuinely tried You know, Mm -hmm. did I actually really try to make some money in whatever way? Or did I just sit there? I mean, I'm exaggerating now. Yeah. But did I just sit there and hope for it to happen? And I find that a lot of people haven't tried. They're just like, well, can't go out there. I can't post. I don't know what to say. I don't have a niche. I don't have this. I don't have that. You know, and they're like, well, it doesn't work. And I would just say, okay, Ask yourself first, do you really want to make it work? No matter what, do you really want to make it work? Or is it just a, yeah, it would be nice. Because if it's a, yeah, it would be nice. It will be a very different game. You know, 
And uh, otherwise, you really have to see what you can try to really get there. A lot of people hide behind niches. I don't know if you find that. They're like, well, I don't have a niche. I don't know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, shoot, I have a niche and sometimes I don't know what to say. (laughs) Really? I mean, or at least my thought is I don't know what to say. I mean, so we can go down the rabbit hole. It it really doesn't even matter if you have a niche or if you don't, I, I think to, to kind of bring it full circle is it really is going back to remembering why you started down this path in the first place yeah, and why this matters to you and mm-hmm. why you won't give up. Cause really the, the only way to lose or to fail is to give up. And yeah. so what do we have in our control? I mean, in spite of insert circumstance, like what can we now, what kind of thing? So like whatever the circumstance is, what it is now, what? Yeah. Yeah. And I think just accept where we are. A lot of people don't accept where they are. They just blame themselves. They blame everybody, you know, and then again, it's very hard to move from that place in a peaceful way. Right. But if, if you just say, okay, I haven't made money now for the last three years, let's make some money now. So how can we do that? I think this is a very different place to start rather than, well, tried this for three years, it doesn't work. You know, so I, I think really, as you said, taking back the responsibility and just really genuinely trying, you know, genuinely trying. I think this is what a lot of people haven't done, to be fair. Yeah, and having a lot of compassion for ourselves, yeah. for where we happen to be. Like I could totally see myself being certified in 2014 and taking five years to really, really make some money to be like, oh, I stuck. This is never going to work. And yeah. then also to see more coaches come into the school and in my brain, right? Of course, come right out making 100K in the first six months, 12 months. And then it could have turned into a shame spiral for me. but. Just you know really what? just being like, oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, those people that you just mentioned that come out and make 100K, first of all, how many people are there that do that? A few, yes. But then the question is, what have they been doing before? And you will find that a lot of them had businesses before. Right, or audiences from some other means. Yeah, yeah possibly. Correct. Audiences from some other places, businesses, et cetera, et cetera. So then it's a very different place to start off when you have nothing. And I think this is what people don't see. You know, they're just like, well, XYZ graduated half a year ago and they're already at 50K or 100K. It's like, okay, you know, where did they start off and where did you start from? Now we always say don't compare, you know, and we should believe in the impossible. But sometimes I think when we are making these comparisons, because let's face it, every human being compares themselves somehow to someone, right? This is just mm-hmm. human nature. But but if you do, I think you need to look a bit closer at the facts. Yeah. I mean, if you are going to compare yourself, make it work to your advantage. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm I compare, like, okay. <laughs> Right. Okay. So-and-so had that. And then if, if it feels, again, I think it's like anything, if it feels good to you, if it motivates you, if it gets you into action, then keep yeah. doing it. If it doesn't, you might want to look at it. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad we got a chance to talk, but before I ask you my last question, tell the people where they can find you, follow you, stalk you, learn all about you. 
stalk me. Oh my God. Do I have a bunch in of the followers? Most positive, <laughs> loving way. Okay. I know. I'm <laughs> no. just joking. You know me. <laughs> Well, okay, so I have a website where people can find a lot of info on it. It's anketokuchi.com. I guess you can put it in the show notes. Um, and uh, yeah, people can work with me on there. I have my offers on there. So um, at the moment, I have a, a one-time RTT offer, okay, where people can just come to me when they're stuck in all sorts of things. We release the blog, and then they can go on and coach from there. So RTT is something complementary to coaching. It doesn't replace coaching in any way. It's just something complementary to kind of propel you forward, right? And uh, as of next year, and I'm telling you this now as a launch strategist, <laughs> I will be launching an RTT group, not a group, but kind of a subscription model where people can subscribe to certain services over a longer period and work on a lot more issues. So that will come as well. So stay tuned on that one as well. So exciting. Okay. So my last question to you would be, what would you tell your former self as a business owner, if you could go back in time? I think I would tell myself, have you genuinely tried? Because mm. I always said to myself, it doesn't work. I'm just not made for this. And I'm like, have you genuinely tried? So beautiful. Such a beautiful question, right? But just without shame or judgment. Yeah. It's like, yeah just an honest that. conversation. You know, it's just like, have you really tried? And I think then sometimes we're like, well, maybe not. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I think when I asked myself start. that question at some point, I was like, nah, I haven't. I totally haven't. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that was an eye opener. I'm just like, okay, how would it look like if I really tried? And then things became very differently. I like that question too. How yeah. would it look if I really tried? Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Anka, for coming in and chatting with me and talking about all the things. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Well, thank you for having me, Tavana. It was my pleasure to be here. You know, I always love to talk also with you, of course. <laughs> so uh, yeah, thank you so much. Absolutely. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, join our private community at tavanadenise.com forward slash join. This is your place to get real, get honest and share what's on your mind and heart as a woman building a business online. I can't wait to meet you on the inside.